0: Do you know that there's a tunnel under Ocean Boulevard, Mayo? Why would I know that? I don't know. It's it's an it's an, it's a new Lana Del Rey song, and she's, I'm I'm a huge fan. And there's a new album coming out next March. Have you been planning this intro since yesterday? <laughs> <laughs> yes. This is why I asked we we rearrange some things just so I could do that. Yeah. But it's so relevant to our first topic, which is Apple Music. Sing, by the way. Hey Chance Miller joining us this week yeah i was
1: wondering if i was going to get an intro if it was just going to be like a mysterious third man on the show (laughs)
0: yeah because me and you have never done it together zach it's just i've just filled in for you (laughs) so mayo it's uh apple music sing this is actually a surprise yeah this is cool so Kind of
2: this week, we were expecting an Apple Music announcement in terms of the classical app department, because they have promised that for the end of the year, but that didn't come. But instead, they announced this Apple Music Sing thing, uh, which is basically an enhancement of the real-time lyrics feature that they've had for, I think, since iOS 13. And so in the Apple Music, most they, they run they made a big deal about it at the time, where they were going to take over lyrics. They have internal teams writing all the lyrics metadata, and they give you this real-time lyrics experience, which is really nice it's better than what you can find on other competing services um and it even if you don't use it for like learning the lyrics i think it just looks cool like it's more it's fun to just have the lyrics fly by than just looking at like the album art and stuff so i think it's been a big success Uh, and they're just building on that with this new apple music sing feature which is a couple of like like four or five small features kind of rolled into one like brand name so the the headline thing is that you can now have control over a song's vocal levels so not not every song in the catalog, it seems to vary depending on support, but a song that supports it, when you're in the lyrics view on Apple Music running uh, iOS 16.2, uh, you can see a little button above the slider for changing the progress in the song, which has a little microphone on it. And if you tap that, it opens a separate little volume control for the vocal track and so if you tap it it mutes the volume of the vocals so you basically just hear the backing track exclusively and then you can drag it up and down to get a, a lower or quieter volume um this seems to be based on some sort of like artificial intelligence thing they're not getting artists to upload like separate backing tracks and stuff so it's some ai thing that eliminates the vocal part uh which is probably why it's not available on all songs so they do some detection to work out if they're going to figure it out or not but on the songs that it does work on uh i've tried it on on the beta and it works it works really well actually
0: yeah and, and we say beta but it's it's ios 16.2 rc release candidate so it's probably the version that will be released next week next week yeah yeah before before the end of the year holidays uh and and this was not in any of the like the, the beta versions of the beta. So it, it, they did a press release and they said later this month in December, and then the next day they do the RC version and, and you can actually try it out. Um it, it's pretty cool. Like is the lyric stuff based on Shazam acquisition? Is that related at all? Uh possibly. Real-time I think stuff? the real time
2: lyrics effort was underway with before Shazam though. because mm. I, I don't remember work.
1: Shazam having lyric stuff in it that was crazy. No because when apple music added lyrics didn't eddie q was bragging about how they like did it all themselves and worked yeah. with the artists and because that was like around the time when i think it was google and genius and they were going back and forth about google scraping their
0: lyrics so yeah was kind of like Hell a yeah. pot shot at google at the time mm. Yeah, so uh, I I haven't done this to a song where it eliminates the vocals before yet, yeah, and I, and I, I mean, we've had like, twenty four hours with it, um, so yeah, yeah, I'll play more with it over the weekend. But I have seen the effect where when you look at the lyrics of a song, whereas before it would be, I guess there's like three versions of lyrics. There's like just like the flat lyrics and the very tiny font that doesn't move at all. There's, I guess there's no lyrics on some songs. And then there's the the modern version that we all know, which is like big letters, um, highlights the, the, the section being performed in that moment. Yeah, like line then, by line kind of highlighting. Line by line, right. Yeah. yeah. And then this one is like an effect of like it shades, it, it brightens up like a gradient goes by that like shows you which word is is, is on. And I like found, I, I, I have seen that in action and I did uh, like... A really fast rap song and it was it caught up with it It, like it was catching up it was you know in sync with it i was like that's that's actually yeah and if there's
2: like single words that are stressed you know like a, a lot of songs are structured so they have like a a sentence and then the last word in the sentence they really like sing it out as like a note uh the animations in that mode it like lifts up the letters of the word that's being spoken and it like puts a little like glow behind it like it looks really pretty and obviously you can use it to you know sing along with because it's more precise than just the line by line thing and then also if there's a duet and it's been you know the metadata is there it will put lyrics from both singers on left and right side of the screens like left aligned, line right align to separate the singers and background vocals appear in like a little like n- smaller font basically so they're separated yeah. from the main lyrics so uh when you have a song that supports everything it's really really nice and some songs support just the sound track vocal you know settings some have the lyrics some have both it varies quite considerably
1: and they yeah, shit, yeah they might fix this when it by next week or whenever ios 16.2 actually comes out but it's definitely like changing quickly because some songs will have it and then they'll lose it some songs will have will have it and have certain parts of it like maybe only the beat by beat lyrics so then then they'll add the voice control option then one of it will go away so there's still lots of like Server side Apple Music catalog things going on here, where what we have now might not. There might be more songs by the time everything's actually available next week, which is which is yeah, good Because finding and one that roll, has ro- rolling it out, yeah, yeah. Because finding a song that has the entire experience is actually like kind of hard.
0: Are they going to be playlists?
1: Yeah, they said yeah, fifty companion yeah. playlists of popular karaoke songs, basically. I think yeah.
0: So that, that's that's pretty good for discovery. Yeah. You know, you see those and you go versus like trying out every single song, like Dolby Atmos style.
1: The one thing and they too- haven't
0: said how it works, but I think the lyrics, the word by word lyrics
2: is done manually. So yeah. their team is just manually typing in the, the timings for each word and the vocal uh-huh. things done with some sort of machine learning algorithm situation. Yeah. So, and, and th- so with lyrics, just, like, yeah. you know, every week they're adding more lyrics. So they'll
0: probably mm-hmm. just build out the catalog that way as well. Yeah, and this doesn't seem like the thing because of how they're doing it. Because it isn't just like taking the stems of each song. If they have access to Dolby Atmos mixes, um, be- because it seems to be AI related, I'm sure they involve powered. the Dolby Atmos separation if it's there. Yeah, it's just that there it isn't like every Dolby Atmos song supports this, and every song that supports it isn't Dolby Atmos. So, you know, yeah, you can but find non Dolby Atmos songs that let you silence the the vocal. Yeah, like the Nilana song is Dolby Atmos, but it didn't support this feature on, on hour one. They came out at the exact same time, by the way. So just saying. <laughs> and, and the other kind of gotcha is the device
2: compatibility. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, at, at least at the service level, it sounds like something that would just be available to everybody. But it seems specifically limited to A13 chip and later uh, because it's iPhone 11 and later or the iPhone SE third generation. Uh, ipad pro 11 inch third generator ipad air fourth generator ipad mini six gen so that's the most recent one uh, ipad ninth generation later that's the base model and then just the apple tv 4k third generation so only oh, the apple tv there, that yeah. literally just came out supports it
0: i had everything until the apple tv you got me on that
1: one <laughs> yeah. which that kind of sucks new <laughs> <laughs> it seems like the apple tv is like the primary would be like the primary as a, as a way of doing trick. this yeah like yeah,
2: karaoke on like a big the, screen. The twenty twenty one Apple TV only has an A twelve chip, right? Right. So yeah. Whatever AI thing they use, uh, probably. This is not, the reason the new it's Apple TV exists. Is, is from, it might as it be? Seemed. It might be. Although someone, put, I, mean, I tweeted about the A thirteen like flaw, and someone pointed out that the iPhone SE second generation also has an A thirteen chip in it, but it's not supported by this feature. So,
0: not uh, sure what's going on there. Maybe, maybe a memory thing there then. Yeah. Yeah, it's a cool party trick in terms of like taking the existing service and then adding this karaoke layer to it. Cause that's just fun and, and, and great for like, you know, group environment, etc. cetera. But also just if you're like learning the song or you're trying to, um, you know, practice, even if you're like an artist and you're trying to kind of cover these, these things, I think it's a really cool tool for individuals to, um, to, to have as a, as just another
1: tool to, to help learn music. And it, because it basically gives you the instrumentals for most of these songs,
0: so and those instrumentals yeah. aren't readily accessible usually. So, yeah, yeah. I remember in the early two thousands using things like like uh, LimeWire and Kazaa and Airus to try to find the instrumental tracks of songs. You know, this the way the best way you could do that at the time it wasn't always possible. So this is if this works is pretty cool. It also strikes me that because because this is um, like you know Apple silicon powered uh, on some level it doesn't seem like it's something that could be easily replicated by say spotify where they have no control over where the app plays you know there's i'm not sure about that uh, like
2: this this idea of isolating vocals and removing it with some sort of algorithm isn't mm -hmm. novel like other people have done it before it might just be whatever apple's implementation is is like specifically tied to some you know apple silicon stuff but there's probably a way to replicate something similar maybe it's not as effective but something similar-ish uh is probably achievable by somebody else what was that um what was that thing that um kanye was it
1: kanye west that made that like there's, yeah the stem player the stem player that so, had a vocal removal option in it yeah well in that had like physical buttons on it so you'd press it you could press the different buttons to play or mute certain like layers of the song so you could just have the vocals, or just have the bass track, or something. Because it was using the actual stems
0: of the song, but it, but it also could try to reverse it. Like I sent a a friend Saif a thing I did, just like for fun, and he plugged it into his machine and <laughs> could could create stems out of it, basically or isolate isolate very like he would play it in isolation. It was pretty cool. I mean, the biggest reason Spotify probably
1: won't do this is just because of the manual aspect of doing the beat by beat. Lyrics, because it took them. They were behind on the real-time lyrics for a while. It took them a yep. few years to catch up to Apple Music. So, and we're still we feature it Doesn't cost
2: you any extra, anything extra. You don't have to well. pay a premium for it. It's just... Well, see, <laughs> they have that the <laughs> description. You're you're in.
0: Yeah, yeah. If that's you have the like, devices, I guess. Like we said, they didn't time their the price increase recently with any new feature. <laughs> Even
2: though they're
0: paying all the lyrics contractors a dollar
2: more an hour. So they got to pay for <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think it's a cool feature. And it's, you know, you might not use it that often, but even if you just use it as like a follow along the lyrics thing, if you're not going to do the vocal silencing stuff, I think it's worth it. So very, very happy to see this. This week's episode of Happy Hour is sponsored by Security Spy, CCTV video surveillance software for Mac OS. Get the app at securityspy.com and use promo code HAPPY for 20% off. We all want to feel safe and secure, and one of the best ways to get that peace of mind is with video surveillance. Use Security Spy to set up cameras at home or on your business premises. It's software designed for the Apple ecosystem, create professional quality video surveillance system with easy setup, no specialist hardware required, virtually eliminating triggers using AI to determine when to trigger notifications and there's no ongoing subscription fees all you need is some ip connected cameras which connect over ethernet or wi-fi to your mac that runs the security spy software you can choose to record always on continuously or when triggered by motion as i mentioned before using ai to determine when to make notifications and you can check in with your cameras from anywhere using remote access Security Spy does all of its processing and storage locally on your Mac. No cloud service involved. This gives you the best possible performance and utmost privacy for your data and avoids ongoing fees. You don't have to dedicate a Mac just for Security Spy. It's super efficient and it can run in the background with very low resource usage, all contained with an intuitive and refined user interface for easy setup. And as a special perk for Happy Hour listeners, use the code HAPPY at checkout for a 20% discount. That's securityspy.com promo code HAPPY for a 20%. Discount. Thanks to Security Spy for sponsoring the show.
0: Good luck hearing that promo code and not having the Pharrell song (laughs) stuck in your head. Uh moving on from music, we've got a lot of security stuff that has come through. Speaking of security, uh a lot to unpack here. So uh may I'll let you take the high level on this. Yeah, this was another kind of of
2: out-of-nowhere surprise, because all of these features they could have like previewed at WWCC. Like here's something that's always curious to me: is some like they announce a lot, a bunch of stuff in June, even though in the knowledge that half the stuff they announce in June isn't shipping with the point zero, but then they have other features that they don't preview in June, and just drop on people randomly. Like you know, Apple Music Sync could have been previewed in June, for instance. That all of this stuff could have been previewed in June, and they could have cut off a lot of criticism in the in the intervening months about Apple, you know, not being are solid on their security principles because this is a huge deal there's there's three parts there's there's the two parts that um uh, which are about kind of like account verification because you have iMessage contact key verification which is a way for you to securely know that you're talking to not to the actual person on the other line of an iMessage chat and not some kind of imposter and to supposedly be notified if a malicious actor like intervenes in the conversation with another device or logs in and you can like Do something, basically, to know that you're talking to someone and you can trust them. You can see how this might apply to, like, journalists wanting to have a private conversation with sources, especially in uh, countries with nefarious state actors and stuff. And and then you've got Apple ID security key login, which is quite simple. That's the idea that right now you can log in with your Apple ID and password, but soon you'll be able to tie it to, to a physical security key as a second factor of authentication. So, you know, like you have a little, like, USB dongle or something. And you, or with an NFC chip in it and you can use that as a physical device for also encrypting uh, or encrypting your password access to uh, iCloud and then the big thing is what Apple calls advanced data protection which is the thing that everyone's been asking for for so literally years and there's been rumors on and off that maybe the FBI was suppressing Apple from doing it but basically here it is now End to end encryption for pretty much everything that you store in iCloud. That's iCloud like backups, includes messages, includes photos, uh, the works, other stuff too, reminders, Siri shortcuts, wallet passes. But the, the big things are messages and uh, photos backup, because that's really what's most crucial to people. Uh, and so now you can enable advanced data protection. It's rolling out in the US first, but it's coming worldwide and early next year including china apple said that they're not excluding any countries here uh and i guess that could change you know china might block it or something but they seem to at least plan to roll it out worldwide so every single customer can opt into end-to-end encryption on their iCloud account which i think is a huge deal because for so long you could get around uh like messages would be end-to-end encrypted when you're in a conversation but your iCloud backup would not be so if uh, you know law enforcement or something came to Apple they could force them to turn over the encrypted data but they'd also at the same time been turning over the key to that encrypted data hence it could be decrypted and read. Um, but now you have the option to you know batten down your personal data 100% using Apple services uh, and have end-to-end encryption on everything that you care about so I think it's a huge deal
0: is there, for messages, is there any level of um, control or, or awareness over, I've got everything and, and encrypted, but I only want to communicate with someone else who does that as well, or any awareness of what they, they have settings for, because it's like email. You can erase all of your email, but if you've sent email, it's in the other inbox yeah. that that you sent it to. So is there I anything for that? Any, or is I it, don't think there's any warning about
1: that at the moment. No, both people would have to have the advanced data protection thing turned on. Which, and you
0: gotta trust that they have.
1: Yeah, and that's the thing is like it's all opt in for now, and it, to and, and to opt into it, you have to go through a few other things because you have to have either a recovery contact, so somebody who you give access to to make sure if you were to lose access to your Apple account and your data somehow, this person can help you get it back, or you have to set up a recovery key, which is. Something you're supposed to set up and safeguard that you can use to get back into your account if you lose everything. So it's kind of intimidating, like the setup process. There's a few different screens you have to tap through. So it's not, it's definitely not something that I think is going to be widely enabled for most people at first, but at least based on kind of how Apple framed it, it's definitely something they expect to make the default at some point in the future.
2: I presume when it becomes default, they'll have other mitigations because... Yeah, the, I like I I see this feature as something that Apple 100 percent should offer to stick to their principles of marketing as the you know privacy first company and with the iPhone and backup you have no option but to use iCloud it's your only option so Apple needs to offer uh the iCloud service with an end-to-end encryption option because that's the most private thing they can do and you don't have any other choice but I don't think it should be. The thing that most people should should be using because most people value being able to restore their precious photos of their family over the last you know five years and that can't be replaced more than the the rare chance that someone nefarious might get access to the the decryption keys on the server like obviously if you're a journalist you know political candidate activist you can make that choice similar to lockdown mode right that they also launched this year um that's another feature that's great that it exists but it isn't something that you should really recommend to people and advanced data protection yeah you do have the fallback of the recovery contact or you can print out the little code but at least for me as much as, as I've like campaigned or um, uh, proselytized that I want this thing to exist I'm not going to turn it on like messages and photos I'd rather be able to access them again right and if the worst happens because end-to-end encryption if you lo- lose all your passwords you lose your recovery Apple cannot help you. They cannot give you access back to your
0: account, or your data will be lost permanently. So, Chance, hmm. uh, how, how does this affect messages in iCloud? Because that's the service where, um, with iMessage, you have uh, every conversation you have sent and received sync on all your devices. If you delete it on your iPhone, it'll go away from your Mac, etc. Um, so, how does this affect that? Because that was something that was excluded from. Right end-to-end encryption or encryption at all, I guess, right?
1: Yeah, so even with this, everything including iMessages in the cloud is fully end-to-end encrypted so that little loophole in, the, in Apple's claim that iMessage was end-to-end encrypted is fixed now, but again both people have to have it enabled because if you have it enabled and you back up <laughs> your messages and sync between your devices you're, it's encrypted on your side, but if the other person doesn't, then Law enforcement or whoever can just go to Apple and ask for that person's messages or device backups. So So it's fixed, yeah. sort of, and there's no it's fixed fully, right? I mean, it's fixed
0: fully, yeah. But as uh, so as far as it can be. Yeah, I but mean like, like
1: anyone can screenshot a conversation
0: even if right. it's encrypted, right? So they can't really control sure. what the other person's doing. I mean there there is mitigation of things against things like that. Like Facebook mes- messenger has it's clunky but they have a separate UI for mm-hmm. end-to-end encrypted conversations. It goes from like the, the the top level to a gray bottom level, where it's like, this is the secret chat. Um, and then there's also features, you know, that are on lots of messaging apps where it's like someone took a screenshot. Well, the thing you can't prevent is like someone taking a photo of the phone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or just is writing down that? what you wrote, you know? <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um. I the, the, the think the thing, I'm I'm not as intimidated by this, as I think maybe it could come off as the the iCloud backup being end to end encrypted is just kind of makes me feel like it's caught caught up with what an iTunes backup would be on your Mac because that was something you could easily encrypt with a with a single passcode that you had to memorize no. Um, otherwise you didn't have access to that backup. Um, same thing with everything on your Mac hard drive. You know there's there's ways of it's I guess it's very similar. You've got your um your, your password and then you've got the option to have an apple id help recover if you forget your password so it's kind of like that but for the all the cloud stuff which i think just kind of catches you up to the local stuff so in that regard i think it's it's pretty uh it's not as scary it's just you know if if you ever do find yourself needing to recover anything that was in the cloud that you you think well it's still on apple server you know, then then you'll miss out on that option. But it's just like if it was lost off of your, your um computer hard drive and, and not backed up anywhere or, or saved anywhere. Um so so that part I think and, and then the the lockdown mode, that's a you know, you'll actually see day to day differences And if you use that versus this. This doesn't affect performance or what features you have access to, right? It's just yep. all about the recovery method and yeah. like how <laughs> what access is kinda so and then and then on the China thing, you know that's that's a big we'll see because that was where you know the airdrop change happened where they took it from everyone to everyone for 10 minutes and then that ended up in this 16.2 release seems to be expedited from the promise for next year um so Mm -hmm. is that and and, go ahead i was just gonna say and even today in like the united
1: states the fbi is already criticizing (laughs) apple for this Uh, part of their statement was uh they said This hinders our ability to protect the American people from criminal acts ranging from cyber attacks and violence against children to drug trafficking, organized crime, and terrorism. So they are swimming for the fences with that statement. I mean, there's uh, a
2: chance that governments will block this in in regions, uh, but I'd rather Apple announce it and try to release it than
0: not do it at all, you know? The thing in China that's interesting is that in china apple obliges to have the servers locally mm-hmm. in china and ba- basically it's accessible from the government i mean it's it's, it's well apple would disagree be... on that part because... right 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 because
2: yeah. although the server the, the servers are physically located in china apple owns yeah. the encryption keys they say so it doesn't matter if it's local because the data is all encrypted anyway from Apple's security keys, if that makes sense. So
0: the difference would be then that it would be local, Apple doesn't have the key, and only the user does. Yep. Mm. Which, from Apple's okay. perspective, they could just add it as
1: an option in China and people do it, but then Apple's just out of luck. Like it's kind of like the FBI San Bernardino thing from a few years ago where Apple literally doesn't have a way to give them that data and then it's up to the yeah. china government to either go completely against apple and threaten supply chain and availability of devices and all of that or they just have to live with it and maybe they could remove the option from future builds but people could enable it while it was there so
0: yeah and then lastly in the security space this week i mean this was all a collection of like actually big things in security pretty good year in wrap up of um, closing a lot of open conversations about apple uh, how Apple handles this stuff uh, the last thing though is the the csam photo scanning feature uh, capability that was put on pause because of feedback uh last year year before and and that's come to a close in that apple's no longer going to do the thing with photo scanning i guess is messages separate from photo scanning with what's the difference here? so, they, so they
2: have the they have
0: the like the for, for like the young
2: um f- like they have like the content warning for young people which is done on device and not shared anywhere else and that okay, just basically yeah. just redacts images that it thinks got like nudity in it um mm-hmm. and then when you click on the photo it says this picture seems like it contains explicit content do you still want to view it yes no uh but none of that gets sent anywhere else it's not checking for like you know illegal materials or whatever it's just like a local side Um, analysis so that's no different than like you know you go on uh, reddit and a post is like blurred out because it's for adults or whatever and you click on it to see it so that's still there the thing that's now dropped is the idea that apple was going to um, have like known hashes of uh, child um, abuse material uh, Mm -hmm. locally on the device scan photos tag to go to our cloud photos for matches uh, for exact matches and if there was an exact match then they were going to send those photos to icloud for a further test on the server side and then they'd be sent off to human review at the very last step and so the idea was if you you know if, if you have no matches um with this database then none of your data will ever be sent off for human review it's only if there was a match that it would then percolate over that process but people freaked out because that was that first part was happening on device it felt to them like an intrusion of privacy although if you compare this policy to what google does for google photos for instance they scan all pictures for csam on the back end server where all the photos live. So in I think there was a big debate about whether the Apple's approach was more or less private. I figured it was more private, um mm. but a lot of people didn't see it that way and now they've formally dropped plans, which is curious because when this when the Apple um plan was announced, it seemed like they were gearing up to do it do it this way so they could launch End-to-end encryption and still help law enforcement highlight CSAM content because the first scan mm. would happen locally, right? So if it found a match, mm. it would then just exclude that photo from the end-to-end encryption stuff. Um, but that's not what's happened. They've literally announced end-to-end encryption the same day they've, they've 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 officially abandoned the CSAM stuff altogether. So it's kind of kind of bit kind of bit weird, but um, in terms of like the timing. Uh, but it will make people happy because a lot of people did not like the CSAM thing, even if technically I feel like it was better than the other options that were you know done by others chance
1: what was your consideration of the CSAM stuff I think well a few of the bigger issues when Apple announced it was things like false positives and what if you were what if you're communicating with your kid's parent about something and pictures were included in a legitimate way and even like the solution you just mentioned Mayo with the intent encryption and the potential child abuse material being excluded from that I don't think there was basically, I don't think there was a way for Apple to fully address all of the complaints. So, I mean, it, the its statement on this is basically like children can be protected without companies needing to look at personal data. So it's kind of doubling down on the the communication safety side of things rather than the CSAM detection. So, yes. it's the they're basically it seems like they're just trying to strike a better balance with the communication safety, and then roll out end-to-end encryption for everything, and just... uh, Even their statement kind of admits that they talked to more experts to gather feedback on the CSAM thing and ultimately decided it's just not the right move. Which is interesting, because when they announced CSAM detection, they had all kinds of statements from other experts
0: saying it was the best and most private way of doing things, so... I I don't think minds were changed, except maybe the people that are making the decisions at the top. And yeah. you know someone won an argument inside that the other person lost, and someone um, yeah argued yeah. for a different perspective, and then that I would say in the product rollout. Yeah, I'm I'm a little surprised that that there's not just any 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 um uh, alternative method. They didn't say oh we're doing this on the server instead. They you know just we can to get to be protected. And they also in the in the statement that you mentioned uh, chance, I feel like they also. Like it was a totally different person making that statement than had made the previous ones or, or were pushed the previous method because it's like they kind of own themselves or their past yeah. position in that and say it was invasive. When I when I I feel like it it wasn't and still wouldn't be, but that's they've they've changed their minds there.
1: It's a pretty self aware statement for Apple in comparative yeah. to some of their others. And although they did kind of try to sweep this under the rug yesterday, it wasn't included in the newsroom post that announced the other three safety or security things rather and it was a statement given to just a couple publications that they were i'm assuming they were hoping to bury it a little bit with the focus being on things like the intent encryption
2: yeah like the like yeah, the it, addition of end-to-end encryption is such a big deal so it kind of hides any like regressions in other areas or omissions of defeat <laughs> in terms of the c yeah. situation
0: so, so- so that's wrapped up everything for the year except for the, um, the state of paused casino ads on App Store. Yeah. They oh, just... yeah, that's still
2: in the balance. <laughs> yeah. Happy Hour This Week is also brought to you by Ladder. If you're anything like me, you have a certain tendency to put things off until the very last minute. Dentists, optician's appointments, that kind of stuff. And look, it's usually fine, but you shouldn't mess around and wait when it comes to life insurance. Get term coverage life insurance through Ladder today. You know, I started wearing glasses this year and it was just kind of an event that hit me like, oh yeah, I am getting older. And stuff like life insurance somehow feels immediately more relevant. Life insurance gives you peace of mind to know that your family will be taken care of if the worst happens. Ladder is a 100% digital service when you apply for $3 million in coverage or less. That means no doctors, no needles and no paperwork. It's all done online. You just need a phone or laptop to apply Fill out Ladder's application form and their smart algorithms will work in real time and tell you instantly if you're approved. Ladder has no hidden fees and you can cancel at any time. Get a full refund if you cancel within the first 30 days. And Ladder's policies are issued by insurers with long proven histories of paying claims. Ladder's customers rate them 4.8 out of 5 stars on Trustpilot and Ladder even made Forbes' best life insurance list of 2021. If you've been thinking about getting life insurance... Uh, but you aren't sure, well, Ladder is the place to do it. If you want to get more, some more information, go on Ladder's website, fill out their online calculator, and you can see the costs and terms of the plan with no commitment. And as the cost of life insurance goes up as you age, now is the time to act and get it done. So go to ladderlife.com slash happy hour today to see if you're instantly approved. That's ladderlife, ladderlif dot com slash happy hour. One more time, ladderlife.com. Slash happy hour. Thanks to Ladder for sponsoring the show.
0: And we touched on a moment ago Apple in China and wanting to diversify, sort of not have all their eggs in the China basket um, because of policy. Uh, this week there have been more reports about Apple um, doing more things out of China that are necessary for their business. So, Mayo, what are those specifically?
2: Yeah, so this has been kind of on and off for a few. Months, I'd say, there was some chatter in the year about supply chain stuff, and uh, and now this is kind of reinforced with a Wall Street Journal article that says Apple has recently accelerated plans to expand production outside of China. Obviously, as it stands, they do have production facilities outside of China run by um, their partners. They have uh, production in India They're for iPhone. They have Brazil. They have iPhones built in Brazil. AirPods and HomePods are largely built in Vietnam. So these facilities exist but the scale is small. And so what these reports are talking about they're talking about like a potential future where Apple isn't so reliant on this like one area in Shenzhen China called like iPhone City to assemble the vast vast majority of the millions of phones they make every single week. And this latest initiative is partly um triggered by policy in terms of the uh, the shaky ground at which the US and the China face off. And there was some of this came up during bubbled up during the trade wars around, you know, 2016, 2018, uh, where taxes were getting put and tariffs were getting put left, right and center. And that was a threat. But those things kind of faded away. And Apple uh, politically navigated that situation pretty well. So the iPhone was never really impacted. Uh, But more recently, uh, production has been affected many times, repeatedly disrupted by China's strict COVID-19 policy. Uh, and that basically you know china's going on lockdown every couple of months and that's affecting iphone facilities which then means iphones can't be produced and there's a really big outbreak uh, in november which sent apple's like main assembly facility for iphone 14 pro to a halt so much so that they had to release a statement saying that uh, iphone 14 availability iphone 14 pro availability is going to be super constrained during the holiday season it's probably going to have a financial impact on the holiday quarter we're talking billions of dollars here Uh, just for this quarter alone so those kind of factors combine to a situation where i think apple doesn't see china as a a dependable stable uh, supply chain link as much as it was and so they need to diversify and hedge and get other places up and running the problem is it's really hard to find anywhere else that can match uh, china's production infrastructure because they have You know, millions of cheap labor in terms of their workforce and they have the actual physical infrastructure and talent on the ground to make stuff happen that you need to build a million iphones a day or you know hundreds of thousands of iphones a day the wall street journal article says that apple's main location of interest for expansion are india and vietnam uh, regions where they obviously already have relationships Uh, but you know india currently only produces iphones to sell in india to get around right. um, supply chain, uh, so to get to import tariffs. Um, but if they want to start producing, you know, India's making 4 million phones a quarter. That's that's like one day of iPhone, pro- or two days of iPhone production in terms of China scale. So it will take a long, long, long time to build up something in India or Vietnam, but it's never going to exist if you don't start. And so it seems like Apple's really pushing now for suppliers to start making uh, new product um, plans to make these products from the beginning in other countries, and if they can slowly sell it, maybe on other products like Macs or iPads, then they'll build up the talent base, the infrastructure to take on the iPhone challenge. But this is something that is going to take a long time to materialise significantly. Like it's great that they're starting. I think it's a you know it makes sense for them to diversify. But let's say China had a you know there was a lockdown next year in China, Apple's not going to be ready. They're not going to be ready in two years, not going to be ready in three years, they're not going to be ready in four years. This is a long-term, you know, five to ten-year transition that they seem to have started or at least thought about during 2020, 2021. And more recently have kind of put the foot down and be like, we need to get this going, even if it's in a, you know, a small capacity to begin with. Eventually, it's, they reportedly want to shift up to 40% of iPhone production to other countries in the, in the best case. So if everything goes well... You know, in five years time, 40% of iPhones will be made outside of China. And so that's still less than half. But that kind of gives a judgment of, you know, where you have to set your sights on here to be realistic.
0: Yeah. And on the topic of diplomacy, I think that the the Tim Cook agreement with China, that is basically all of this business in your country, all these jobs created for your economy, work with this on, on, on policy, you know, it, that... I think that changes when you have almost half of iPhones made outside of China. So that's like a long-term effect that will have to be dealt with in some capacity. Um, A very small part of uh, outside of China is this Arizona plant from TSMC where they'll be making, where they will fabricate five nanometer and four nanometer chips uh, within the next couple of years. They'll have a second factory for three nanometer chips, which is a new addition to what we've, what had been previously announced uh, the output from that will be twenty thousand chips per month, with about a third going to Apple, uh, according to reports. And what's been also and been when it says twenty well thousand chips, it means
2: like wafers. So that's like,
0: you know, hundreds
2: yeah. of thousands of device chips in, in the end of the day.
0: Yeah, right. Sure. uh In this week, Tim Cook spoke at the sort of uh, ceremony for not really the opening, but just the event about around it. um But this, and Tim Cook had a line, I think Chance covered this story, but it was basically that, uh, can finally proudly stamp made in America on these chips. Uh, how, how much of this matters and, and does it affect any of the bigger picture?
1: I think one thing that's kind of interesting to look at is the contrast between this event and Tim Cook's. Uh, remarks at this event compared to what we saw when Apple started making the Mac Pro in Texas. It seems clear to me that Tim Cook views this as a much bigger deal, which it is. You're talking about making one of your smallest volume, most expensive Macs in Texas versus making the chips that power all of your devices in the U S and Arizona, which is a much bigger deal cuz right now every pretty much every chip comes from Taiwan which Tim Cook I think acknowledged in a meeting with uh engineering teams that that's just not smart and that's it's sort of like Apple looking to get ahead of any potential issues whether d- diplomatic or covid related or anything that could happen in Taiwan to avoid what's happening now with iPhone production in China. Yeah cuz i mean you can
2: move iPhone assembly uh, like to other places, but you still have all the parts. Also, right, exactly. Many of the parts are exclusively produced in China, and obviously
1: chips is a, is a huge part of that. And part of this U.S. investment too is the incentives where the U.S. government's offering tens of billions of dollars to companies who make semiconductors in the U.S. So Apple and TSMC can kind of tap into that to help offset the fact that Chips made in Arizona will be significantly more expensive than what they cost to make in Taiwan. Yeah, because they have to build everything from scratch, essentially. And, and labor. Yeah, yeah obviously, yeah, um,
2: seen- if you go to 4 nanometers by 2024, at that time, the brand new Apple devices are probably on 3 nanometers. Um, Just if you look at Apple's pace of innovation to date. But you can still see in 2024, maybe the iPhone 16 base model. We're still using like last year's chips, which are four nanometers. There'll be baseline Macs and iPads, like the 329 iPad for instance, that will be on like four nanometers. Like so, maybe the iPhone 16 Pro is a three nanometer design, still with chips sourced exclusively from overseas. But they can at least you know do a chunk of the pie for with the four nan- four nanometer production from the US.
0: Well, and Tim Cook will tell you that lots of parts of the iPhone are <laughs> sourced from the US, all fifty and- states. Yeah, and this adds, you know, a really big part of it. What, what did he call the, the chip? Doesn't... The engine, that was it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you look in 2014, there's these the same lines about how it, it, he would say, I, he would say like the engine of the iPhone, and it wasn't about chips, it was about something else, but um, there's different factors. But this doesn't change where iPhones are assembled though, which doesn't mm-hmm. change what you have on the box, assembled and you know designed in an app, and by Apple in California, assembled in China, assembled in Vietnam, assembled in India. This is completely separate from, from that part of it, which is a, a big, pretty big deal too. That, that's the bigger part of it.
1: One, one thing about the China thing that's just kind of disappointing is Apple kind of sat quiet on the side for, for years about all of the human rights and the working condition things. And it's done a lot in those areas, but in particular, just working with the Chinese government to comply with their requests for things like the airdrop change and not taking steps in any way to reduce its reliance on China, really, versus once it starts impacting production significantly, you see Apple jump into motion, double down on U.S. investments in India and Brazil and Vietnam and now there seems to be a fire under apple to do something
0: and, and it, in, in both cases i think the through line is that it's, it's strictly business and right and corporate exactly and, and <laughs> yeah yeah yep. yeah because the the extra reliance was for business and now this is for business as
2: well happy hour this week is also brought to you by BetterHelp. check them out at betterhelp.com slash mac happy hour I remember back in my final year of university, I got a bit overloaded with the stress of all the work. I'd sailed through high school exams and stuff, but for whatever reason, I got in a bind and felt like I couldn't do it anymore. Uh, I only didn't quit, but it was a rough few months. If only life had come with a user manual to help you through it. But unfortunately, it doesn't. And it's perfectly normal to feel stuck when you face challenges in your life, big and small. But BetterHelp Online Therapy is basically the next best thing. Therapists are trained to help you figure out the cause of challenging emotions and learn productive coping skills. It sounds a bit silly, but just having someone to talk to is the key to relieving so much stress and anxiety and overcome emotional challenges in your life. Therapy is a great tool to discuss your life issues with a neutral party who is understanding and responsive. Therapy sessions can unload stress, help with emotional healing, learn how to cope with tricky life situations, deal with trauma, and more. As the world's largest therapy service, BetterHelp has matched 3 million people with professionally licensed and vetted therapists available 100% online. Plus, it's affordable. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to match with a therapist. And if things aren't clicking, you can easily switch to a new therapist at any time. It couldn't be simpler. No waiting rooms, no traffic, no endless searching for the right therapist learn more and save 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash mac happy hour that's B E dot com slash mac happy hour betterhelp.com slash mac happy hour thanks to BetterHelp for sponsoring the show
0: all right this next story uh apple called it i think the biggest change to the app store ever uh it's it's that they're introducing new price points uh this is connected to the apple settlement with small developers um where they they improve what the app store is uh and and so they're they're adding 900 i believe bringing the total number of price points they're adding 700 bringing the total up to 900 and uh what i thought we would do this week is do a draft of all 900 so, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Okay. Uh, oh, I'm taking ten thousand. There we go. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, and that is the change. That you go from ninety-nine cents to I think one nine nine ninety nine cents to nine hundred and ninety nine dollars. Ninety nine is the, the, the range there, to now twenty nine cents up to ten thousand. Also changes like ending um not in ninety nine only but in zero zero, uh things like that. Mayo you're a developer. You sell apps for for a living. What do you think about this? Is, well, is, it, is it important? As, it as a small anything? developer, my App sure. Store
2: experience has been completely changed by the addition of these price points. How, like, it's such an innovation to the store concept. It, <laughs> it, it, it's irrelevant. As, as, as a as i put in the notes all app store problems solved yeah. <laughs> this was a term of the settlement they made last year that also included uh, payouts to developers that people are now receiving in the thousands of dollars as compensation uh, but one of the terms was we will let you choose more price points supposedly giving um publishers flexibility about what they want to charge on the app store of obviously publishers get more flexibility if they didn't have to account for a 30% fee all the time but you know apple's obviously not going to um relinquish that but if you want more price points here you go and they did say that the price points that are super expensive like the ten thousand dollar price point you have to get a special request agree with apple so they're trying to avoid like dumb scams and stuff but whereas the, the the price points in the lower end of the spectrum just like the price points today i can go into like app store connect and change the price on a whim whenever i want but the the super high prices they'll have a a human just double check you're not like pulling off some crazy
0: scam and right and those don't tend to be like consumer apps They tend to be medical or enterprise yeah from what i've seen and right now the new prices are subscriptions
1: only so for fixed price apps that i think they said spring of next year so
0: takes time takes time to
1: add all these buttons (laughs) like
0: it's a
2: it's a a slow database all right they've got some crazy old hardware they got to sort out and
0: upgrade Yeah. So that that was Apple had two big announcements this week: security and app store prices. And I think maybe security was the bigger one. Do you think? Yeah, just just slightly. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, Unsurprisingly, there's another Apple Car story. Um, The the news is not good for the Apple Car, uh, unless the unless you only hope that it still exists as a as a project. Um, It was reported this week that Apple is scaling back the project in ways that mean it will not ship with full self-driving at launch full autonomous self-driving at launch something that no car maker has pulled off yet <laughs> this was connected to the idea of the thing not having a steering wheel because why would it need one if it's completely self-driving um it, this sounds like maybe it'll just be more of a an a, an electric car that you can buy from others but that apple will lean in on the technology aspect of it it's got the most iphone integration than any other car will have this would probably be like the only car that has the CarPlay uh second the, the next generation CarPlay <laughs> at, at, at its full capacity um the, the the price point i think this comes from mark ramon of bloomberg by the way but the the, the price uh target is under a hundred thousand dollars what a steal! Cool, <laughs> yeah. I mean, this. Yeah, if we if we think that the Mac Pro is is niche for the Apple Watch edition first, you know, the gold one was like a small product. Then I mean, transportation is different, but this this uh it's pretty pricey. um Mayo, what do you what do you think here? Is this? Well, I mean, <laughs> the news. That are you Apple surprised?
2: Many of a, a full self driving car by twenty twenty five. Most people were incredibly skeptical when that um rumor came out us included so the fact that it is now you know project titan facing reality that if they want to ship a car anytime soon it's not it's going to have to have a steering wheel guys you know like (laughs) okay so we're back on track we're going to produce some electric vehicle in some situation uh, by 2026 but it's going to be not we don't know yet if there's anything like crazily new about it or different it just sounds like it's going to be another option of electric car and it will have like you know tesla autopilot style features uh, but lots like, of cars do these lo- like things. lots yeah. of cars do exactly um but and i'm sure it will have like you know nice fit and finish and it'll look pretty and have some iphone integration and stuff but at least right now it doesn't sound particularly exciting it just sounds like well apple's gonna make an electric car and just to put on the list with you know tesla ford rivian name name your pick um Mm -hmm. so presumably they must feel like there's some compelling reason to do it otherwise they could have just like just carried on working on self-driving stuff until they're ready to do something more crazy but the idea that apple's making a car at all has never really phased me as a concept because i just see it as like you know apple needs to dominate your life ultimately to keep growing and the iphone covers most of the day and a big section of the day where you cannot use an iphone is in a car because you're not allowed to and i think the same be true for a headset or or anything else so apple making a car makes sense in that perspective in terms of them being able to you know have a role in your life and make you more engaged with their platform overall uh, but it certainly was more interesting and fun when it was like wow they're going to do something completely different and go and they're really gunning for this full self-driving idea and they they're going to do it in 2025 but now it's just like well by 2026 they'll have a vehicle that isn't that much different to vehicles that are on the road right now is less Exciting, But some of the stuff Apple does is less exciting, you know? So it doesn't, it doesn't like, sound ridiculous to me that this is their plan. It's just less interesting as a thing. Chance, yeah, you're excited. a person with a car here that's electric. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah, you buy cars. Are you, are, you, are you moving to the
1: Apple car when it comes out? No, I think you kind of hit it on the head, Mayo, where at least the self-driving thing was kind of what was going to be the differentiator. But if that's been scaled dramatically back, you have because to... Because it can't be done. Yeah, you have to wonder what's going to set the Apple car apart, because what's described right now is basically on par with what's already on the market from a ton of different companies for EVs. So come 2026, who knows where Tesla will be? Who knows where Rivian will be? Who knows where Ford will be? So if Apple launches with what this Bloomberg report says, it's. It's going to be several years behind what the people who have already been making EVs are offering at that point. And this space is moving so quickly, mm. too, with battery technology and, and the autopilot side of things. Apple is entering with no experience, no infrastructure. So it's definitely an uphill
0: battle. I would argue that they have about a decade of experience in in this. They just haven't released the things that they've been working on, but they certainly have. Uh, I mean, like almost 10 years. It's crazy how long this has been a thing. Um, There are always people who say this will never happen. Apple will never release a car. There was even a Morgan Stanley report about a year ago that was like Apple's involvement in transportation won't be a personally owned car. It'll be something that's mass transportation for cities. And and that was the autonomous view. Like robo-taxis, yeah. Right, right this doesn't sound like that at all this sounds back to the you know i mean both could be possible it would make sense i mean um, robo taxis as a business
2: idea is a huge area like yeah, it would be yeah. if, if, you, if you could make it happen it would replace uber it would replace lyft it would be you know it would be or it would make just basically uber and lyft drive um, much cheaper because you don't have to pay a human right um so like that segment is incredibly um big opportunity profitable if it can be done but the reality is it can't be done you know musk was promising to have taxis four years ago or many years ago he said and we're we're no closer today than we were before because the the self-driving segment has hit a bit of a reality that it's actually going to take longer than we maybe first thought it would and there's been some incremental improvements but we're not close enough to having a robotic taxi in the sense that you could just sit in the back and something could drive you there without even to worry about
0: Watching the road, well, looking after it, controlling it with the steering wheel, etc. Of the three of us, I actually have been in a number of robotaxis taxis with no steering wheels that are controlled by an Xbox game controller. If things go wrong, it, it was this the beep autonomous driving service that would had a very specific route. It was connected to Verizon five G, and it runs in Orlando. So I've been in a steering. Yeah, wheel but they're like car. basically
2: on track because. Maybe not physical not, track, but they're, they're just mapped a course. Out, like a, a mile path or whatever. Like, you know, that works in one city, maybe, but if you want something that can be used nationally, you need a generic cool. system. And
1: we're not and there. Of the three of us, I've spent the most money on a full self driving package. <laughs> Sorry. So I am clearly the expert because my car has full self driving.
0: They told Potential. me they maybe. <laughs> yeah. Ah, oh, Chance, I think that you would buy the car, the Apple car not because any of like loyalty to Apple or fascination with Apple, but because you're like me, you appreciate the integration mm-hmm. and that like there are so many things that Apple's done that's like car um related, you know, going way back to iPod integration in cars, but more recently there's just so many things you can do from CarPlay to you know, what we see with next generation CarPlay where Apple takes over like the full dashboard from, you know, driver's seat to passenger seat. Um, there's lots of things from Apple Car Key where you can um, your, your iPhone replaces your car key and it's digital and you can go to your family, etc. Um, there's there's things that's never been done before with CarPlay that has existed, but just there's there's always features that car makers just don't adopt, and there's never a time when there's like one car that has everything correlated that Apple does. So, if nothing else, Apple's EV could be that. I mean, if you look at things like you know, next gen CarPlay, Apple Car Key, you see the features where certain cars have Apple Music specific integration where it's built in, you know, may- maybe coming to Tesla soon but we've also seen it where there's like one car that the passenger seat has a screen for lyrics from Apple music. Like it's always just a mix and match of cars with different features. So apples if nothing else could be, this is an EV that is best. It, it, it sort of reminds me of the home pod versus the echo mm-hmm. where the home pod, like it sounds good, but there are other car uh, speakers that sound good. Um, and it's got intelligent features, voice assistant features, but it's not, smarter on paper or anything than 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 another competing voice assistant it's just that it's the one that integrates with all the things that you care about if you're deep in the apple ecosystem um and so uh, tech companies being involved in ev like oh, maybe in the 2010s that was weird to think about but now it's like every, every i mean they amazon has everything <laughs> yeah it's involved in everything so car it, it's the, the the folks who say that apple's never going to make a car like it's 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 changed in the last ten years and that this has been a thing now it just seems like it's i think it's gone from the weirdness that Apple could ever do it to it's interesting that Apple hasn't shipped something and and that's what this story says to me too is that they've gone to this they're, they're now their new focus is Let's make something that competes with the current market. We're just another player in the game, and we'll use what we're good at to to sell. And we're just going to be late to
2: the current market, basically.
0: Right? Yeah. yeah. It's not different. It's just their version of it. Um, but when you talk about like what will Tesla, Ford, and Rivian be doing in twenty twenty six? I know what they'll be doing. They'll be fulfilling orders from twenty twenty two. I mean, so that's. I, I I think that we can look at the current crop of of EV technology and expect that that's going to be it for, that's what we're going to see because the challenge isn't advancing. I mean, it, it is. I mean, we we're even seeing Tesla this past week. You know, roll go back on the the big thing of never using um what radar right? They wanted to yeah. do everything with all cameras, and now they're like oh, maybe we can mix both radar and cameras. Um, so <laughs> that's something. But I think that the big challenge of the decade is just is just enough production and infrastructure and that's that's something else too is apple cannot make an ev without some sort of infrastructure investment so hopefully it wouldn't be a lock. you know it's its own system that doesn't work with anybody else i mean we see that with superchargers and there's small progress on opening up superchargers to other ev cars especially in the u.s is slower than, than internationally um, but surely Apple would not, and in the current climate of like antitrust, have their their, their own proprietary system, but it would be an investment in the mm-hmm. national system in the U.S. at least. And that would be great for everyone, I think. So.
1: That's a good point, because if you just look at the sheer amount of money and investment Apple can make, if they invest in the standardized technologies, then it could even beyond the Apple car. It can do a lot to move just the entire EV market forward. So that's a good point. And yeah, one thing too to... is, so for context, my wife and I just traded in her old car for a Mustang Mach-E. So we have the Model Y and the Mach-E. And I, one thing that's been really cool, just having both of them for the past couple of weeks is seeing what it's like when a basically a tech company like Tesla makes a car versus when, Ford, a company that's been making cars for forever, makes an EV. And there's definitely a lot of ways where the Ford is better just at being a car for things like comfort and fit and finish and road noise and integrating things like CarPlay, like adopting the standard, versus Tesla trying to do its own thing, kind of going against the grain of how automakers have done things for years, like with the radar sensors and all kinds of things that Tesla tries to turn into. More advanced technologies, sometimes with success and sometimes not. So looking at Apple, a company that has never made a car, it'll be interesting to see how it can compare to both the tech features of a Tesla, but also just being able to perfect what legacy automakers have already perfected with who are now basically just taking what they've learned over decades of experience and then switching to electric drivetrains so that'll be interesting to yeah. see and what exactly the apple car offers in comparison to something like the maki even because the tesla comparison's most common but there's so many other cars on the market right now so it's a very competitive field
0: yeah and just look at electric.co our sister site for the wider picture of ev the the, the whole landscape there because just in what i see what i'm exposed to it seems like you know back to china that there's a lot of there's a, there's a the market in uh, internationally is not what it is in the US so you know europe's one thing asia's a whole nother thing and uh so that's what we'd look forward to the rest of the decade <laughs> i would just say that if
2: the current if they come out with a current 2026 that is kind of boring it doesn't mean that they haven't given up on doing the full self-driving stuff that research and development can continue and it will come out when it's ready um and they just want to be in the they want to be like in the arena so that when that you know when the state of the art catches up to their dream they can ship that and not be you know behind on that as well compared to you know tesla rivian and everybody else so because one the thing first the first product that... might be
1: boring but they might still be working on what they actually want to do because one thing you need for the self-driving stuff too, like Tesla has shown, is you need the data from cars yes. on the road. Yeah. And Apple has no cars on the road, and it can drive around streets uh, in California. Well, a map. it has Apple Maps data, but not not real. You, you world need like
0: cameras from car. You need like, car yeah. camera video. Yeah. Yeah. And you need for around. that they have like what sixty-nine cars and testing
1: yeah. driving around tracks so. and stuff in California. So <laughs> disengaging a long every road. half a mile. So, yep.
2: Finally, Happy Hour This Week is also brought to you by Charge ASAP. Originating in Sydney, Charge ASAP has been creating highly innovative charging accessories since 2016. They've relied heavily on crowdfunding to get projects off the ground and have successfully delivered all of their back products to customers in more than 130 countries. The latest culmination of all their efforts is the Zeus 270 Watt GAN charger. This is the world's first Watt charger. The total maximum combined output across all four USB ports hits at 270 watt mark that's spread across three usb-c ports and one usb-a port the usb-c port can hit 140 watt 100 watt and 100 watts each that 140 watt usb-c port is really powerful it can fast charge a 16 inch macbook pro delivering the same power to the laptop as the bulky magsafe charger that it comes with plus an integrated oled panel displays real-time charging volts and amps of the connected devices to the charger and yet the zeus charger is also really small great for portability it even has two-way foldable us prongs so order the zeus charger now through the company's kickstarter campaign with early bird backing pricing starting at just 109 dollars final products are expected to ship in may of 2023 for a retail price of 219 dollars so save by backing now thanks to charge asap for sponsoring the show
0: uh, and and moving on to the rest of the decade, we're looking at uh, some new stories around the, uh, the the mixed reality headset projects. Uh, this comes from Mark Gurun of Bloomberg. He says that the, the reality OS uh, platform, we can now call it XROS. <laughs> I, I cannot look at that without thinking 10R because yep. of the iPhone <laughs> 10R. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's an Apple press problem, not a public problem, because everyone I know still says. Uh, xs and xr and iphone x so anyway uh that's something um the framing there was that the name change is coming as they sort of you know plan to launch this thing with the you know ming Kuo and others had said the beginning of next year like q1 of next year there's been a new report from ming Chi quo who says that uh it will now come no sooner than the second half of next year so probably like next fall And they they might announce it earlier, but it will ship like second half of the year. Yeah, I feel like every year now, like the WWDC expectations are announce a headset, Mm -hmm. release it in the fall. Yep. (laughs) Repeat, repeat, repeat. So, what do you think about this, Mayo? XROS,
2: stupid name, but they might pronounce it as Mixed Reality OS. They could do that. They don't, the XROS might be the logo. Mixed Reality.
1: If you thought 10R and 10S were confusing, that XR meaning. Mixed reality, like yeah, but
2: that is that is like an industry
1: name for it, right? Like, what, well, yeah, it
2: to... rolls off the tongue. I'm not
0: saying it's I good, mean, but yeah, yeah, it
2: is a, it is a re- like it is a reality that XR uh, is already wise, an abbreviation for mixed reality. So yeah,
0: character wise, right. XR OS is shorter than Reality OS, but you've literally added another word before reality. Yeah, more syllables. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I preferred Reality OS. That was a cooler
2: name, uh, and. The fact that it's shipping slightly later next year doesn't surprise me in the slightest because this thing just keeps getting delayed no. and delayed and delayed. I expect it will be announced maybe even before WDBC, like maybe like a March event preview. And it's going to be super niche because it's this, you know, $3,000 headset thing. So it won't be a, um like, it's not going to, it doesn't really matter when it comes out because it's not a mass consumer thing anyway.
0: Yeah. And then there's the um, nine 9.5 report. port. Uh- about XR OS and Reality OS and the potential that they could be two different things. Uh, I don't think we're super clear on what this could mean yet, but I, th- I guess just that the, the references coexist and c- it could even be the possibility of the headset running something and then the companion device running something else, and the way that the Apple Watch ran watch os and the iPhone runs iOS. Chance, do you have a sense of what this could mean? I think
1: kind of the speculation would be that Reality OS would be based on iOS and be what powers the headset, like you said, while well, XROS would be the companion device and kind of the under the what under the hood thing. I kind of was thinking it could be similar to how we have TV OS that powers Apple TV and HomePod, but then Apple calls it HomePod software or whatever. And it really just yeah. all boils down to what name they use when describing what's running on the headset itself, cuz that's what people are going to care about and you're not going to... so it's like are you going to the Reality OS App Store, the XROS App Store? Are you installing a Reality OS or XROS update on the headset? But internally it seems like Apple's still using both of these
0: names, so it, it's very possible yeah. if
1: not likely they haven't even
0: decided saying we have ios and we have ros is very clean you could also i mean like tim cook loves to put an apple logo before everything with just a yeah. simple name oh we have apple os but i would argue that everything apple makes runs mac os because steve jobs told me that the iphone and iphone software runs os 10 mayo can you tell me i'm wrong We'll
2: see, we'll see. I mean, there's still these rumors that Apple's working on like multiple headsets. They've got obviously the the Pro one coming next year and then also like a more lightweight pair of glasses. So maybe it runs, maybe they brand that with a separate OS name and maybe that's where some of this comes from. Or this thing's just been so long in development that they've kind of diverged internally on firmware. And now they're like slowly bringing them back together to get ready, to something ready to ship, maybe.
1: And one thing too, Zach, you mentioned the Ming-Chi Kuo report saying second half of next year after all. He says that what he heard with talking to supply chain sources is that the delay is because of the software side of things, not <laughs> necessarily the hardware side of things. So, yeah, the software for this thing seems to be a mess, and
0: who knows. Similar to the watch situation <laughs> several years yeah. ago, yeah. so it took it took a few years for the software to kind of be fully baked on that uh and a few more things uh mayo this is interesting to you especially that 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 apple's got an actual investment uh, uh, in terms of resources for stable diffusion the um, make artificial intelligence art project
2: yeah this is kind of left field so obviously all these kind of like ai image generators where you type in a little like prompt of text then it makes a image based on what you've asked for um kind of bloomed in popularity this year as people kind of realized and noticed that oh wow these things can actually make you know high quality images but most of the things um work by like talking to like a cloud service and the cloud servers run it and then you get a result you have been able to run them on your machine and stuff but it requires a lot of setup and complexity and it's slower um and apple had kind of been like mum on this but last week randomly they announced that they were shipping optimizations to their core ml framework in macOS 13.1 and iOS 16.2 to make Stable Diffusion run faster on Apple Silicon and they released like this big press um, this big um, post on their machine learning blog like encouraging and advocating for people to integrate Stable Diffusion into their apps and they gave sample code wow. and it, tutorials and all this infrastructure around getting people to implement Stable Diffusion in their apps on the client side so the idea is that someone would in, uh, implement the framework into their app it would ship on the app store and the apple silicon chips are fast enough that you wouldn't have to send off your request to a server it could all be done on device and a um m2 macbook air can generate an image through stable diffusion in 18 seconds so the idea is it's not super you know Ooh. it's not media but it's quick enough that you don't need to worry about yeah a massive cloud backend. you can just ask for image generation and use it and so one and I haven't spoken to the Pixelmator people about this, but you could imagine that, you know, alongside all the other tools inside of Pixelmator, you could just have a, like, I just need a background of just type in what background you want and it just generates you one. You could just drop it in like freeform clip art, right? Make make your own clip art kind of situation. And they could do all that on locally to your laptop using the GPU and the neural engine inside the Apple Silicon chip. So I just thought it was really interesting that, you know, Apple rarely comes out so strongly for something like this, but like making changes to... The operating system for this like specific algorithm and then like posting that they've done that and encouraging other people to adopt it like you don't see that happen very often but they obviously clearly think there's there's something here
0: yeah that is that is, when you explain it that way <laughs> i agree uh also this week that uh, s- something in the same vein we, we've seen is a uh, chat gpt which is um not text to image but it's text to written text. And so I, I tried this. Um I I wrote a story about the new Mars Edit 5 app coming out this this week. Uh you know, hand wrote it, thought of every word myself, <laughs> published it. And then I then I thought afterwards, huh, I wonder what Chat GPT would come up with. Uh and of course the prompt is always important. You know, what you put in affects what you get out of it. But I wrote I, I, I the prompt that, that I've made was write a story about Mars at at five for Mac. Here are the release notes. And then I pasted in the bullet points of features and it came out with an article that was similar length to what I had written. I think more thorough, definitely less, less personality, but I could have added that in after the fact. And I was just really fascinated about that. I was impressed because it was like, the time it took me to do this and then the way that this thing just churned it out in a matter of seconds. And it's actually really good. And I could take this as like a draft and then personalize it and you can refresh and get a brand new one. It's just, it's impressive. It is the stuff's neat. The bigger effects don't know, but in terms of just like trying a, it's so, you know, ignore all the ramifications. It's so fun to see a new technology that impresses you after you know you spend all your time like cover technology and it's like you you get how every single thing works basically (laughs) so to see something that impresses you is is refreshing
2: yeah it it is impressive you know there's caveats and there's complexities and implications on the world but Mm -hmm. raw technology it's just like you know i can type in a random prompt on my laptop and get a a rendered image of what i asked for in like 30 seconds Mm -hmm. that is just crazy and i still think we're kind of waiting for like the big use cases for it other than the novelty and the gimmick stuff um but i mean there's definitely opportunities for it to be used in places and and things so i think it's i think it's clever and apple obviously thinks that it's important too otherwise they wouldn't have bothered you know releasing all this source code and stuff
0: yeah maybe they can maybe they can talk to chat gpt and make siri more creative the best use case
1: i've seen is you asking it to make jokes zach it's good it's a confirmation mess. that there's there's that maybe your humor is good after all
0: <laughs> compared to what it spits out sometimes it comes up with something that you can see what it's trying to do and then sometimes it tells you that it explicitly cannot make jokes uh but it does make me feel valuable in that there's a certain things that computers can't do yet <laughs> All right, that is the Happy Hour podcast of this week. If you have any feedback, you can email Benjamin and I together, and we'll tell Chance about it at happyhour <laughs> at of You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at ApolloZac. That's A-P-O-L-L-O-Z-A-C. I'm on Mastodon, where I now have hundreds of followers, as in like 100 followers, uh, at, uh, at ZAC at home.social. Uh, Benjamin, you're on Twitter at? B-Z-A-M-A-A. You're on Mastodon at?
2: BZAMayo at mastodon.social we are not going to be saying this every single week i've decided
0: <laughs> well it takes too long you don't, you don't control what i say <laughs> but i agree uh chance where can people find you
1: uh twitter at chance h miller and i guess mastodon at chance h miller at mastodon.social me and mayo are the ogs we are the OGs.
0: I'm I'm the noob and I have more uh, activity. Yeah, you, you even have do. your
1: own profile picture set and everything. I haven't even gotten that far. <laughs>
0: but I but
1: I joined August twenty first of twenty eighteen. So, oh, all right. Let's see if has conversations.
0: Beat. I don't know when I joined I have at
1: mentions. Yeah. Mayo joined August tenth of twenty eighteen. Ah, uh, see, so so you've, you've got me be beat. Or no? Yeah. I, yeah, you have me beat by two weeks. <laughs> how does time work I
2: don't know something happen happen in 2018 that made everyone sign up for Mastodon but I can't remember for the life of me what it was uh, yeah, yeah a lot of things
1: happened yeah. in 2018
2: <laughs> anyway yeah. thank you to right. chance for joining us this week of course bye
0: everybody bye bye